1: Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen a notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros.
2: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I am your host today. And we're continuing to introduce you to franchise concepts and industries that you might not necessarily think would be considered a great model for a franchise. So today we have Dennis Schooley, who, who is the founder of Schooley Mitchell. He actually, um, he actually started his career as a CPA, and he worked with Waterhouse prior to starting his own practice. He began offering an expense reduction service to his accounting clients and eventually went on to create what today is uh, Schooling Mitchell because of their needs. And we are in the middle of, uh, if you're listening to this recording, today is April the 21st, 2020. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. And the pandemic has created uh, another level of challenges, not just for individuals, for but for small businesses as well, who have had to shut down. And so, as we come out of this, I know that those small business owners are going to be looking at, at running their business in a way that they will need some assistance. So, I would love for you to help me in, in welcoming Dennis Schooley. Dennis, thanks so much for being on the show today.
0: Well, thanks, Linda. Glad to be here.
2: Absolutely. So, um, tell me a little bit about... Um, your background, and how you saw that there was such a need for reducing the expenses for some of your clients.
0: Well, this this whole thing sort of came from Providence, really, more than anything else. It was a matter of our own account. You mentioned I was originally in an accounting firm, and I, I started my own accounting firm after I left Pricewaterhouse when I was fairly young. Um, and we expanded over the years into different things you know management consulting and computer consulting even sports consulting things like that and as a result our own telecom costs started increasing you know quite drastically and I mean we knew why because people were traveling around more and doing more with more clients and things like that but we didn't really have a good handle on it so what we did is we we asked one of our programming people to write us a fairly rudimentary piece of software that we could take a look properly at those expenses and and when we did we realized that well we were paying 30% more than we should be and mm. we thought aren't we stupid and you know we we thought but wait a minute here now if we're stupid probably our 700 accounting client's are kind of stupid too and uh, you know I say that tongue in cheek of course but mm-hmm. what i mean is it was one of those things that people just didn't manage and and didn't really have the know-how or the wherewithal to do it properly so as a result we got into the management of telecom expenses and and then um One of our clients was a franchise company, so we learned a lot about franchising uh, during that process, and uh, I had already been exposed to contingency consulting, so it kind of all came together, and uh, that's when we started, and it's about 20 years ago, 21 years ago now that uh, we started offering this service and started to franchise it, so um, like I say, it was from Providence that it all sort of happened and came together.
2: Well, Dennis, I can imagine a company, and especially a company that's growing, um, and they're out selling their widget, whatever that widget is, that they're so focused on selling that widget that when they do see their expenses going up, they just think, well, I guess that's just the price of doing business. They don't really understand that maybe there's some negotiation that can happen there, Um, and they don't have anyone in-house. That can help them with that. So tell me about how you can how you actually um, make those introductions and how your um, franchisees can help these businesses, especially as we're coming out of this going to be coming out of this to lower some of their expenses.
0: Well, yeah, and, and, you know, you make a good point that people don't really understand some of the expenses that they have. They're not really worth a lot of time and effort to do all the research and get all the knowledge and things like that that it would take to even try to manage them properly. But so what we do is we take a look at four different expenses and soon to be six because we're going to be adding a couple more in in the next couple of months. But we look at telecom. We look at merchant services costs if you accept credit cards or debit cards. We look at courier costs and we look at waste costs, and these are just things that people tend to ignore because more important things are going on. I've got to sell my cars or manufacture my tables or sell my insurance or whatever it is. They're not looking at these things. Well, over time we've developed a a database of 22,000 deals we put together over the years and because of that we know how low vendors can go and what services should be provided for each individual type of business. So, when we come to the table to help that client really they don't have to do anything except sell their cars or sell their insurance or make their tables and we can manage these expenses for them um... and and we do that on what's called a contingency basis meaning we don't charge any fees we only share in the savings that we find so really our franchisees are just about out there talk being out there talking to businesses about the fact that they're probably paying more than they should be in fact is very likely paying more than they should be for these things and we can help them reduce those costs. So that's the basic service we provide.
2: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And especially it's a service that, uh, again, you, you mentioned that it's on a contingency basis. And as these businesses, again, come out of being shut down, uh, they may not have the money to pay someone, a consultant to come in. And so they'll continue to do business the way they had been doing business, which um, they really need some help in making all of that happen. So as
0: it's really important right now. I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but it's really important it's okay. right now that people address these things during this issue, because during this pandemic, because one, Cutting costs can mitigate some of the issues with lost revenues or stagnant revenues, and therefore it's important to react now. But maybe even more importantly, it's to be ready and to be lean for when things normalize. And you know, trying to do that when things do get back to normal, that's going to be a big scramble. And for, doing, for the sake of doing it now and being prepared, I think that company that does that is going to be in a better position competitive when we, we get back to normal.
2: Of course, I agree 100% because when, when the doors do open and they do start doing business, I do believe that there would be a line of customers uh, for every small business And because we have not been served in, in several months now. So we're ready to have our hair cut. You know, we're ready to go out to eat. We're ready to do that. And as soon as those doors open, there's going to be a line of people there. That is not going to be the time, Dennis, for them to go into the office, evaluate expenses. Like you said, now is the time to take advantage of this.
0: No, that's exactly right, and that's what our franchisees are finding with their clients. Now, a lot of uh, things are done virtually now that used to be done face-to-face, but that's not an issue with us. We don't have to do anything uh, face-to-face. We can do everything without ever actually having to you know, sit down and breathe the same air, so to speak.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you are working with a new franchisee, and do these franchisees, you have a CPA background, do, is that required, a CPA background or an accounting background, to be able to work as a franchisee for Schooley Mitchell?
0: Oh, goodness, no. I <laughs> think our franchisees would laugh if they ever heard that. Um This is much more of a sales, marketing, business, relationship business than anything else. See, the solution side can be provided by us here at head office. We've got 45 people working just in our analysis departments to help franchisees get that done. This is much more about building relationships with people, being able to give the message that, you know, you're spending more than you should and we can probably help you out. Um, so no, we have people from all kinds of different backgrounds that we do have some accountants and some lawyers, but we, and we've got doctors, but most people are sales, marketing, executive management type people that can just run a business well. And that's what we're looking for because that's the person that can build relationships. And that's much more important than any other part of this business.
2: Of course. Absolutely. It is. It is all about building relationships. I said that from day one, I was in banking for 30 plus years. And when I came out um, that was probably one of my biggest lessons was I don't care what you're doing. It's all about building relationships because it doesn't make any difference what the widget is on the front of your business card. As long as you build a relationship with that person, you'll stay, you'll stay friends. You'll have that connection for life. So I believe well,
0: that's basic Yeah, we have a basic thing that tenant that we teach in our, our our sales and marketing course, and of course, it takes two seconds to teach this. But basically, the statement is this: all things being equal, people buy from people they like. But all things being not equal, they still buy from people they like. So it's all about relationships and building your likability and your rapport with people. That's all. It, that's all it is.
2: Absolutely. So talking about the training. What kind of training do you offer uh, franchisees that are just getting started, and maybe they are not the CPA or the accountant, uh, and they don't have a, a lot of business experience, but this, the Schooley Mitchell model has really drawn them into it? What kind of training do you offer?
0: Well, our training is very pervasive, and it's really perpetual as well. Um, We actually have a director of training, and that's uh, her entire job is to just maintain new training platforms and new facilities. Um, We have an initial training course to get a person started in the business of of five days, which we used to do in person, but we're doing virtually now and, and doing it very effectively. Um, that allows the person to start in the business and and start to get clients and things like that. And it's really focused on how do I get clients and who am I looking for and how do I build relationships and stuff like that, as well as some basic training in the tools and systems that we provide here, which is really a a strength of our our head office and our systems. But then after that, we've got a series of webinars that our franchisees will go through as they're out making money, so it's not like they're committing you know two months to training it's five days and then these webinars um, then we have monthly webinars with all of our franchisees we have an annual conference we have a full distance learning system we call the academy within our or what we call the warehouse, our Internet system. So our training is very pervasive, but I don't want people to think they have to learn the nuts and bolts of telecom or digital this or how merchant services transactions happen. That's not required here at all. This is just about how do we save you money, why is it you're paying more than you should, and let my techie people figure out what the best options are for you.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a great way to do that because um, as the average person that's looking at a franchise uh, opportunity, I really don't want to understand the telecom industry or um, you know the courier business. I, that is not why I'm going. I would be interested in Schooley Mitchell. So tell me a little bit more about. When a franchisee is um, in conversation with you, what type of, if you're, if you're willing to share with us today, what kind of investment can they expect to mate, make, and what kind of revenue might they be looking at?
0: Well, the investment is fairly low relative to most franchises because there's no you know, building. There's no facilities. There's no inventory or leaseholds or equipment and all that kind of stuff. Most of our franchises will will operate from home or or in a small office if they decide they'd rather w- work in a small office. So this is even though we consult about cost reduction, this is not a cost control type business. This is about if you can get clients, you're going to make money. So you know, there's not a lot of cost. Now the franchise fee at this point is sixty one five. Um, so there is an investment to get started and get access to everything, Um, but beyond that, there's really not a lot of cost to run the business. This is about getting clients, like I said, Um, so that's why we say sales, marketing, executive, management people are the ones that are suited to us, and when we first started in just telecom, that was almost a burden to us, because people felt that they had to be telecom people. Well, I don't know a thing about telecom, and I've been doing this for 20 years. So <laughs> I'm basically a technical idiot. So that is not really part of the formula at all. But now that we're doing the four expenses and soon to be six, it's much clearer to people that this is about business development as opposed to me being a deep knowledge person in any of these one categories because that's not, not the case at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And is this something that could um, would allow a franchisee? To earn a good living, or would this be a a tack on to another service they would offer?
0: Yeah, uh, you asked me that a second ago, and I guess I didn't answer that part. I apologize for that. That's okay. No, as a matter of fact, we require full time commitment to this business because this is a business where you can make a ton of money if you want to work at it. We've got people that make a million dollars a year, and I'm talking about net dollars. All right, so yes, you can make a lot of money. However, we've also got people, every time I say that, I have to be very careful, we've also got people that make nothing because they don't get out of bed. This is a business that is controlled by the franchisee in terms of how much you make. Now, I know that sounds like a bit of a canned line. You can make what you want to make, and everybody says that, but it is really, really true here, Linda. Um, And the reason it is is because the things that affect most businesses don't affect us at all here at Schoolie Mitchell. And if, if you want, I can explain what I mean by that, because there's three mm-hmm. distinct things that don't really affect us. And um, would you like me to continue with what I'm talking Please. about there? Absolutely. Okay, sure. And, and so, you know, <clears throat> almost all businesses, and certainly franchise businesses, you get a territory, and or demographics affects you in some way or another, but at school Mitchell, we don't have territories. So our franchisees can get clients anywhere they want. So those things that affect somebody, like I've got a zip code or a county or a square mile or a square block or whatever that limit the number of customers or clients you can get, that's a non-issue with us. So location, driving patterns, age, sex, race, religion, buying patterns, all those things that affect other businesses don't affect us at all. Now, We do protect clients and prospects through a registry system, so it's not like our people are just out there in the wild, wild west. It's a very controlled but wide-open system in the sense that people can expand as big as they want. So that's the first thing. The other thing that doesn't affect us, and this is really evident in today's world, is economic conditions. You know, and I can't tell you how many times a business says to me they're recession-proof and they're really not at all. You know, because if you have to buy what they sell, with a nickel or a dollar or $500, it doesn't matter what it is. You need money to do that. And if you don't have money because economic conditions are poor and disposable dollars are just not there, then that business is not recession-proof. But with us, we absolutely are because we don't charge money in order to come in and take a look at our clients' situations to audit their bills and look at look for opportunities. So we only share in the results. So therefore – Economic conditions don't affect us at all. As a matter of fact, in a downturn, companies have to save more money than even in a normal circumstance. So that's what we do. So demographics and economics don't affect us, and there's really very little competition for what we do as well. So we're in a position where it's really much more up to the franchisee what they want to make, and I believe in any other business that's out there. So if that's what people are looking for and they want to make hay, they can make hay here.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I love the model, Dennis, I really do. And it it certainly is an opportunity for someone to get into their own business. Uh, I always say it's a great way for people to be in business uh, for themselves, but not by themselves. And you certainly offer um, a a model that supports your franchisees in a lot of different ways. So um, I tell you what, we need to take a real quick commercial break here. But Dennis, when we come back, would you happen to have some stories that you can share with our listeners? That way it's a better, they can have a better idea of what to expect from the client's standpoint and also from a franchisee's standpoint. Maybe something you could share when we come back?
0: Oh, I, I'm sure I can do that. Thank you.
2: Yeah, very good. Well, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk um, more with Dennis Schooley.
1: Have you ever been moved by a speaker who touches your heart? What are the unique talents that set them apart from other speakers? Do they have some magic formula for connecting? Do you want to become that kind of speaker? Dr. Vicki High and Linda Ballastatos have a winning combination to present speakers that want people coming back for more. Together, they command a room, engage with audiences, and value laughter as a means to educate, inform, and entertain. If you'd like to learn from these two experts, join us to become a speaker who leaves the stage with Love That Speaker on everyone's lips. Email us at lovethatspeaker at gmail.com for more details. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
2: Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com.
1: Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Linda Baestetos is your host on All Things Franchising where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on all things franchising.
2: Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're here today with Dennis Schooley of Schooley Mitchell that is helping businesses to reduce their expenses, expenses they didn't even know they were overpaying for. So, Dennis, when we broke for the commercial break, I asked if maybe you had some stories that you could share with us.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can certainly tell stories all, days, all day about our business, <laughs> but, you know, some that, that just sort of pop into mind, um, you know, we—I had one franchise. I remember this is about oh, eleven or twelve years ago, and he called me after being in the business about six or seven months, and he was really kind of frustrated because it wasn't going well. And, and I was a little surprised because I knew he was a good guy and I thought he was going to do well. Um, so we talked about what he was doing, and it turned out he was making some mistakes that were sort of contrary to what we trained him to do. So we talked for quite a while about how to make some adjustments. Well. I'll tell you, one of the best phone calls I ever got in my life was about seven or eight months after that when he called me just to say, Dennis, I want to thank you guys for changing my life. And he meant mm-hmm. for the better. And he's, he's with us today. He's part of our advisory council. He's made hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he's just been a great success story. And yet he was almost going to give up after six months. So, you know, that was kind of a cool story, and we just had to make some adjustments that, that we weren't aware of. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's some really great client stories too and this maybe even a little touchy feely but um, you know part of what we do is first of all we're in business to make money our franchisees are making money because they put in a good effort and they follow our system and you know that's the purpose but what we do is we also help businesses you know we help them cut their costs and i can remember back the last time we had a recession 2008 2009 we had one client that told our franchisee that he was not going to be able to have a Christmas party for his staff that year. And he'd always had a Christmas party. But because of what our franchisee had done and created the cost savings, he was going to be able to have a Christmas party for his staff that oh, year. Wow. And that's pretty cool. You know, that's a oh, nice wow. year. And, and I, I, there's another one, too, and this is just maybe four or five years ago, and it was a franchisee that was working with a nonprofit because nonprofits are great clients for us, too. They have to manage expenses as well. And the nonprofit, it turned out that we saved them about $40,000 a year. And the lady that managed it just was unbelievably blown away when when our franchisee um, presented the report. And so she got up and she hugged him. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he called us and said, I don't know what happened, but I got hugged. Do, do consultants oh, get <laughs> hugged? And, you know, of course, that's not the normal course, but these are just sort of unique mm-hmm. things that – happen out in the field, and, you know, I, I got stories I could tell you all day long. I mean, I've got another one where a, a client saved $2.3 million just on their merchant services costs, so our franchisee made well over a million dollars just on one client on one expense category, so, I mean, you want me to tell stories, I can tell stories all day, Linda. Wow, so,
2: well, so it, it's not even like that your, your franchisees have to have a huge book of business to be successful.
0: Not at all. Our, our top franchises only have maybe 250 to 300 clients. And it's a mm-hmm. mix of small and medium and maybe a couple of bigger ones. But for the most part, we're helping small and medium businesses um, who don't have the facilities to do this kind of analysis and negotiation. They certainly don't have the clout that we have to get them the right prices and make sure they've got the right things in place. So, um, yeah, you don't have to have 5,000 clients here. We're talking you get a couple hundred clients and you're making a lot of money.
2: hmm Mhm. And so you were talking about small to medium-sized business. What does that look like for you? Because people's definition of small and medium-sized business, that varies. So what does it mean to you?
0: Yeah, and of course I get that question from every single candidate that talks to us, but you know, my answer is you don't know in our world until you walk in that door. And the example that I give is you could walk down Main Street and you could look in that dress shop and there's one owner there and there's a half-time college student, you know, helper, and that's it. And you think, why would I ever go in there? Certainly they're not going to have much telecom. You know, they certainly don't have a, a waste bin out back, not likely anyway. But what you don't know is they're selling a half a million dollars worth of sales on the Internet every month. It's all being charged through Visa or MasterCard, and it's all being shipped through UPS and FedEx. So it could end up being a fantastic client, and you don't know until you go in there. So we really deal with the smallest of clients right on through to we've done multinational corporations where we've done work for them as well. So there is no business that we can't help because everybody's paying more than they should for one or more of the expenses that we consult about. So it Mm -hmm. really is every business out there, Linda
2: yeah yeah now Dennis. you mentioned earlier the the four areas that you um work with right now is the telecom merchant services, courier, and waste. You said you were going to be adding a couple of more. Are you at liberty to say what those are
0: i I am and uh they're storage, which includes storage of things like, uh, you know, overruns of inventory, so warehousing facilities, uh, storage of data, so cloud solutions, things like that, uh, normal storage units you see around town. There's a lot more that goes into storage than people may think. You know, sometimes something has to be refrigerated or there's a high level of security required or access in and out is required. All these things come into the pricing platforms that people pay to store things so that's going to be one of the categories we're launching in the next couple of months and the other one is utilities which of course everybody incurs you know you know gas and electricity propane things like that so those are the next two areas that we're going to get into and we're going to do them the same way as we have with all the others where we do it on a contingency basis and we do it completely objectively. We don't sell anything, Linda. Maybe I should have mentioned that earlier, too. We just consult about these things, and you know, we're completely independent like an accountant or a lawyer is. We don't have a horse in the race in terms of what the solution should be. We just find the best solution for the company.
2: Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that, Dennis. Now, I also noticed on your website that you partner some or you work with uh, the community, getting your name out into the community and and encourage your franchisees to get involved. Can you tell me a little bit something about that?
0: Well, you know, that's one of the big, I guess, really important. It's almost not right to call it byproducts. And I know some of our franchisees feel this is one of the major benefits of of being in business at school in Metro, because not only can make money and, and enjoy a professional business and help business clients, but you've got some freedom in time. You know, there's a lot of autonomy in this kind of business. Um, now, it is key that you put in a uh, regular work week, but you've got flexibility. Uh, you know, we've got people that are coaches of different sports or are involved in the arts or involved in community all over the place. And this business gives people the freedom to be able to do the things in their community that they want. And we actually have a section on what we call the warehouse. That's our Internet ses- ses- system, like I mentioned before, where we honor everybody that gets involved in their community, whether that's you know, sports or arts or, or charities or whatever it might be um so we're really proud of all the investment that our people have made into their communities and being involved with these things
1: you
2: know what i i do notice um dennis is the companies that really encourage their franchisees to get out into the community their there's the franchisees seem to get another level of um fulfillment out of it. It's not just a business. They feel that they're giving back. And that's such a huge thing in our society today. In fact, I believe they call it, um, there is like a, a, um, um, oh, I had it had a, it was a phrase that they call these entrepreneurs that actually also focus on the society as well, society societal on, entrepreneurs. And I think it's important for us to know that the people that, that we help, that we're able to turn around and help others as well. So I, I really admire what you're doing um, by encouraging them to do that as well.
0: Well, thank you, and I I think it's an important thing. I mean, there's gratification that comes from a lot of different sources, and of course, we all have to make money, and and you know that's a certain certainly a driver here. But to be able to create the time to be able to do these things, and you know, our our business by itself just organically, we our franchisee can't win before a client wins first, and we can't win if our franchisees don't win first. But then the other byproduct is what you say we've got the freedom to be involved in the community and help those charities and. You know whatever whatever things that interest our franchisee, they can they can put their their oomph into. Sure,
2: sure. Dennis, if someone's listening right now and they're thinking, "Gosh, I'd like to have more information about Schoolie Mitchell to see if this is a good fit for me," how would I find out more about you and Schoolie Mitchell and the services that that you offer?
0: Well, we've got. Um, people that are dedicated to talk to people that have an interest. And um, so it, our website is www.schoolymitchell.com. Um, our phone number is 888 311 6477. So contacting us through either of those sources, we can certainly talk to anybody, um, you know, whether they're interested in joining us or at least talking to us about that. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy to do that, or we're happy to do that.
2: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so we're down to those final three questions here, Dennis. The first one is, if there's someone listening who's considers, considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare themselves for this process?
0: Well, you know, that's fairly simple with us. It's more about bring your smile because this is about dealing with people. And we need to understand that you can do that, that you can smile, and that you can be a happy person because people like happy people. And be willing to show us that you're willing to commit a regular work week to this. Now, when I say that, you know, I I make this statement to everyone. If you're willing to commit 35 or 40 hours a week to this business, you can't fail. Because our basic question is, do you want more money? You know, not Mm -hmm. everybody says yes, of course, but that's our question. So if you keep asking the question and talking to people, that's what it is. So if people just come prepared to show us how they can deal with other business people in a happy and consistent way, that's all we need.
2: Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Second question here is, what are the two traits that make a successful franchisee. And I think you, you know, part of it you may have answered that, but are there are there specific traits that you look for when you're looking at franchisees?
0: Well, I kind of just answered that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you <laughs> uh, did. You know, Yeah, likability absolutely is one of the things. And, you know, we've got a great staff of people here, and they're really outgoing and really easy to get along with. And so when we talk to somebody, we want to make sure there's somebody that can get along with them and other people too because that's what's going to get people clients. So likability is really the, the one trait. But the other thing is are you willing to commit that regular work week? Now, it doesn't mean you don't have flexibility to do things that are important to your community, but if you work 35 or 40 hours a week, that's what we're looking for, and that's it. Because the rest of it is in place, or we can teach you. That's not the issue. Those are really the two things that that we need and the most important characteristics for success.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, Dennis, I think back of the 30-plus years that I was in banking, and I can assure you that no one there worked 35 to 40 hours a week. The, the days of uh, banker's hours, that ended probably back in the 50s. So <laughs> someone that's putting in a lot of hours and working weekends, this would be a lovely way for them to have more of a work-life balance, wouldn't it?
0: Well, it really would. And and when I say that, it doesn't mean you can't work more. And, I I mean, um, you know, I can't remember the last time I only worked 35 or 40 hours in a week. Mm -hmm. It's just not the case. But all I'm trying to point out is that's all you really need to commit is a regular work week to this business. But um, because if you do, you're going to succeed. Now, certainly, if you work harder, you're going to make more. But Mm -hmm. even our top guys, you know, they've actually scaled back and they make seven figures so it's just they've built their business that, that way that they can do that. And, you know, it's just about committing to the process really is what I'm trying to point out.
2: Mm-hmm, definitely. But, of course, that's true with any business that you have. Um, it, it's not a matter of uh, – putting your two weeks notice into the the corporate job that you're currently in and uh the next payday you you get a paycheck. That's not the way it works when you own your own business. And as long as people understand that there's still work that needs to be done. I don't care what the brand is that you have hung outside your uh, the shingle, whatever the name is on the brand, there's still work to be done. and But that's where so much of the, um, the fulfillment comes from is actually putting the hours in.
0: Well, no, and that's true. I guess the reason I said what I said was because of what I said earlier, that there's no effect on us from things Mm -hmm. that affect other businesses. So it really comes down to only the commitment of the time to do the things that we do. You know, if you're in a facilities-based franchise, sometimes you're subject to demographics and traffic patterns and competition in the area. And no matter how hard you work, you're not really in full control. Here, Mm -hmm. you're in control. There's nothing else that gets in your way. It's you, period.
2: Um, Right. Exactly. So the final question here, Dennis, is what does the future of franchising look like to you?
0: Well, I think it's it's a great future. You know, there's going to be some adjustments from this time that we're going through right now, and there's going to be some businesses that will flourish because they've been able to adapt. I think Schoolie Mitchell is one that's been really well Uh, rounded in terms of adapting to what's being required right now by our clients and contacts, but there's lots of other businesses that are going to show that they adapted well, but there are some that are not going to make it because they were not adaptable or or it wasn't in their control. Um, But, you know, when this all settles down, and it will, I mean, I have great faith in society that somehow we're going to come up with a cure or, you know, a vaccine or we're going to defeat this thing. And, and you know, I I just want to take a lead in that sort of thought process with people, and I think everyone should think that way. But there's going to be adjustments, and I think franchising is one way where people can have faith that there's something that's been developed that's got history, got a program, and it's not just like starting from scratch, because you've got a system, you've got support, you've got a brand. So I actually think franchising's going to be strong. But again, like like everything, I think there'll be a few brands that won't make it, because well, of what happened, it's just going to eat their market, and it may not come back quickly enough for them to survive. Um, But there's others that are going to flourish, and there's going to be others that will pop up. So I think franchising's got a great future because of the model it has. And, I mean, the model is all about, you know, what is the support system? What is the operating system? What is the value of the brand? And then am I a person that I can sort of contribute myself, my skills, my resources into that and make for a great business? Well, that's what franchising is. So mm-hmm. I think the future is very bright.
2: Yeah, I I love the way that you've explained that because I've always said that I feel that uh, a good strong franchise um, has that bounce back, uh, whereas maybe a mom and pop shop may struggle a little bit more because they don't have those systems in place that will help when 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 things are soft when the market is soft and and it. There will always be those times, Dennis. Always. We will there, always be facing. It will have a different mask on it, like this has the pandemic on it. Uh, but there will always be those times, don't you think?
0: I do. And, and you know, to, to extend your point, there are, and, you know, I hate to say this, but there are things that are franchised that should not be franchised because there's really no system, secret sauce, right. operations, brand value, supports you know it's just somebody did it well you know what they're going to go south but the systems that have strong systems and operations and support and tools they're going to survive and they're going to be stronger and they're going to lead the way and i'm proud to say schoolie mitchell is certainly in that inventory of people so uh you know i've been doing this for a long time and uh not me but all of us and, and, and Actually, my wife Beth and I run this business together, and uh, you know I, I do the sales and marketing and franchising side, and she actually runs the the smart stuff, the programmers and the the operations and the production, what we call the analysts. Um, so this is a business we're really well positioned to take forward, and we intend to do just that.
2: Love it, love it. Uh, again, Dennis, if somebody's listening and they'd like to get in, get more information about Schoolie the Schoolie Mitchell model, how would they do that?
0: Yeah, uh, the website's probably the best way, www.schoolymitchell.com, uh, and go to the opportunity section. There's a Contact Us form there. Or you can certainly call and ask for anybody in franchise development, and the number is 888-311-6477. And we'd love to talk to lots of people. Love it.
2: Dennis, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you sharing more about Schoolie Mitchell with us.
0: Well, you're very welcome, Linda, and I'll do it anytime you'd like. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. So, folks, as I mentioned earlier, I want you to know that uh, franchising is more than burgers and fries. And I say that to anyone that I talk to that's interested in franchising, so much more than burgers and fries. This model is a B2B model. So if you're looking for a B2B model that does not have a brick and mortar, because that's very expensive. That's a, that's a cost that uh, continues whether you want to or not. And you usually have to si- sign a, a good five-year lease with that. And that can be scary. So if you want something that you can either work out of your home or you can rent an office somewhere, um, then this, this is a great model for you to look into. And expenses as as Dennis had mentioned earlier, coming out of this pandemic the the businesses that will succeed will be those who have utilized and leveraged this downtime to look at where they're they're spending money. where can they make those changes? Where can they tweak this? where can they tweak that so this is a perfect um, this is a perfect model for helping businesses to get back on their feet. And like I said, have that bounce back. So as always, I leave you with a a quote. Today's quote is Benjamin Franklin. Beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. That's exactly what Schooling Mitchell does is it finds those small leaks to make sure that your, your ship doesn't sink. Thanks so much for being with us today on All Things Franchising. We look forward to seeing you next time.
1: Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time. When we bring you a brand new episode of all things franchising.